0: This time we're going to go ahead and dismiss all of the elementary kids to go to their classrooms. We're going to do something a little bit different today, and I'm excited for what's in store for us. Um, We at Wellspring love hearing stories of how God is moving in our lives because when, uh, when we hear stories of how God is moving in and through us, not only is Christ glorified, but our hearts are encouraged and oftentimes even challenged as well. And today I have the opportunity of introducing you guys to Taylor and Blair Kennedy. Um, they've been hanging around Wellspring for uh, several years now, and I've had the oppor- lots of opportunities over the past several years to get to know them deeper, and it's been so encouraging to see their heart to invest in so many young people here, especially um, middle school and high school students, and to see their desire to follow Christ literally wherever he may lead them. And God has put a unique calling on Taylor and Blair's life um, to proclaim the gospel to many people who have almost never heard of the name of Jesus and have no understanding of who he is, and they are about to become missionaries. And so today we get to hear them just share their heart and just what God has called them to do um, to literally take the gospel to the ends of the earth. And so um, we as a church obviously want to be a blessing to them and get behind them and support them. And so I just ask you guys, as one of the pastors here, just to open your hearts this morning and see just what God might be stirring in you, and just to be encouraged by how he's moving through just young people in this church, in St. Joe and beyond, to the ends of the world. So just open your hearts and just be attentive to maybe what God might be speaking to you in a way that you could support them, whether it's through prayers or finances, or I'm sure they'll talk about other ways that they can use support too. So here's Taylor and Blair Kennedy.
1: Okay, I think I'm clear. All right. um, Let me pray first before we get started. Dear God, I just want to um, thank you so much for just who you are. Um, Thank you so much just to uh, be able to gather so many believers and um, people that are just starting, people that have been doing it a while here today. And um, God, I just pray that you can be with my wife and I as, we, um, as we're just faithful to uh, what it is you put on our hearts. And I pray that um, we can just kind of be your mouthpiece right now to what it is that uh, you're raising awareness about and uh, what you're doing. And I pray that um, for all these uh, Wellspringers here today, that they can just uh, just hear whatever it is that you're laying on their hearts and that we can be faithful in, um, in everything that you're... Uh, that you're challenging us to do. And so thank you so much for giving us this awesome opportunity. And I love you, and it's in your name. Amen. All right, we have a video to kick stuff off. So.
2: are all hopeless and dead in our sin. But we know that the people we used to be were nailed to the cross with Jesus, and through His sacrifice, those who believe are no longer slaves to sin. Our job as the church is to spread this good news. After all, Jesus said, you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. But the grim reality is that 2,000 years later, two and a half billion people, nearly a third of the earth, have never heard of the name of Jesus, and never will Unless we go and tell them. God's word says that in the end, people from every nation, tribe, and language will worship at his throne. Out of nearly 7,000 languages spoken in the world today, 2,200 have no scripture. Not a paragraph, not a sentence, not even a word. Pioneer Bible translators believe that the translated word of God in the heart languages of people has the power to transform lives and impact communities. But it's not enough just to translate Bibles. The work is not finished until there are networks of churches growing, multiplying, and using God's Word. Our focus is within the remaining 900 language groups with no scripture and no church. These people are living in extreme spiritual poverty. Our goal is to cross every language barrier with both scripture and church to see life transformation among these forgotten people. All Christians are commanded to make disciples of all nations Pioneer Bible Translators exists to disciple the Bibles, mobilizing God's people to provide enduring access to God's Word. You can join us in this enormous task by praying, giving, or going. Pray daily for the Bible's peoples to be reached. Ask God to send more workers to our team. Give financial resources to the work God is doing. Go. (laughs) Serve with us as a full-time missionary or volunteer. We need Bible translators, church planters, literacy workers, and community development specialists, recruiters to mobilize the next generation of workers, dedicated support personnel like IT, media and financial professionals, and many others. Working together, we can take the Word of God to the ends of the earth. Our vision is to see transformed lives through God's Word in every language. The task is great. You have a role to play. Answer the call.
1: All right, um, that is Pioneer Bible Translators. That will be the organization that my wife and I are, um, are going through. Uh, just to talk a little bit more about what they do. So, okay, as I, when I was raised, I was raised in the church, and um, I really loved missions. I loved mission trips. Anytime that my, uh, my local church had to offer one, I was, I was all on board, um, so God kind of started this process a little early through, uh, I had mission trips to like Mexico through my youth group, and then we had, um, I've, done, I've done a trip here through Wellspring, Living Water, um, countless of other things in Mexico and, and things like that. And so that kind of really sparked my heart. And then um, I had encountered pioneer Bible translators, and when I learned about their mission, it literally rocked me. Um, It's kind of like the heart surgery of mission, okay? Because as I was growing up, I was really just aware of um, missions looked like digging wells, building orphanages, because that's what I was a part of, and planning churches. I was totally unaware that there's a lot of people in this world that literally have no access and have never heard of Jesus Christ. So when I heard this, um, it it really, really did a lot to me. And so, as you saw in the video, PBT, that's what we will call it, Pioneer Bible Translators, um, they exist for two people groups. Uh, The first is called Unreached. And what this means is, um, they kind of talked a little bit about it. They have people that are unreached around the world, that means they have no Bible, and they have never even heard of the name of Jesus Christ. So... Even if they, if they had a dream or a vision, there couldn't be much they could do with that at all. Because they have nobody there to tell them. Um, so that's unreached. And then there's another group that's called Bible-less. So these are countries and places that um, in one way or another they, they've heard God's word. Okay, So they've heard the gospel. Maybe this was orally. Maybe this was way years beforehand. But they do not have the Bible. And so that really strikes me. I always tell my wife, I'd be like, you know, that'd be like a a painter with no paintbrush. Good luck. So there's Bible-less and unreached people groups, and that is what PBT stands for. Um, So when I was learning about Pioneer Bible Translators, it really, really, really did a lot to me. I did an internship, let's see, some of you may know actually, back in 2012 through PBT. Um, We went to... uh, West Africa, and I'm just going to break it down, Uh, PBT has things set up across the whole world, but I'm just going to break down an area in West Africa, and for for certain security reasons, I know this is recorded, right, online? Okay, cool. Um, We have to leave out some details, but if you want to know anything, you just ask us later and we will let you know. Um, So the area we're going is in West Africa, and in this particular area, there are 40 different language groups. So, um, lots of different languages, and it's really not that big a size of where we're headed. And um, PBT currently has 20 different teams working with with a people group. And um, the people group that we're headed to, they almost have Bible translated. They almost have the Bible done. Um, And so, that's really good for us for the timing that we're going there. Um, And so... I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to speak a little bit about translation because, man, this really rocks me. I feel like uh, once you kind of understand translation process, then it's like you know the Holy Spirit's on board with this thing. There's no way man could do this. So PBT goes into a people group, and they have to learn, we, we call it a mother tongue or heart language. Okay? They can't learn this on Rosetta Stone. Okay? It's, it's, some, it's, an, it's only an oral language. So it it usually typically takes like three to five years just to learn it. And how they learn it, they just go in with the people and um, they immerse themselves in the culture, then they learn a language. Now once they learn the people's language, translation can kind of begin to start. So what happens is um, this people group is oral, so they can't read anything. And this was so wild to me. When I went down there, we were doing some basketball stuff. And that was a trip, to teach to teach these West Africans basketball. But I thought I knew a lot, you know. So I grabbed the the veteran missionary and I said, "Hey, if they're not understanding these basketball drills, let's call them over. Let's get a stick, write it in the dirt, right, and let's just tell them what it's like." And he said, "That would be great if they could read it." And so that that had shocked me when he had told me that they cannot even read two dimensional, and um, that just kind of tells you the the project that they have to do so once they get over there they learn language and then they have what we call literacy experts um linguist experts they set up shop so they literally set up language they invent alphabet for these people they invent letters script sounds everything and then once they have that put in place they have to start teaching these people how to read it so i currently teach first grade and um The books that I teach my first graders is what's going on over there with adults. It's like, you know, they'll have a picture of a hut, and the word will be hut, and they have to teach them this. And so as that is going down, there's also translators that have to translate the Bible, and that's not like rocking our NIV Pew Bible and just doing it in this other language. Um, What has to happen is the Old Testament, it was written in Hebrew, For the first time. The New Testament was written in Greek. So these translators, they have to be fluent in Hebrew and Greek. And um, so they'll take the Hebrew language of the Old Testament and they'll put it right into the mother tongue language. And then they'll also do this with the New Testament with Greek. And um, I think typically, what is it, 15, 20 years it takes to finish a whole entire translation. Um, The fastest it's been done was in 12 years and the translator who did that is the president of the organization right now. So, um, but it takes forever. Like, I remember when I was over there, I had a missionary come up. I was asking him about translation. And, and he said, you know, he said, it's kind of tough right now. He said, because we're really itching because we can't find a word for these people that mean love. I'm like, holy, good luck translating the love letter, right? And so it's, it's stuff like that, to be honest with you, if, if man or if men, or if people just try to do it on their own, it's not going to happen. It's not going to get done. Um, they just, Christ has to be all over it. And that's honestly, that's probably what has us so excited about it. Um, because th- there's just a huge need. So once that occurs, um, they're kind of ready to take off. So we, we're not translators. <whistles> uh, uh-uh. Not happening, Okay. We are not translators. So praise God that we have people that are that smart, that can do that stuff. That's not us. But um, we got a body of Christ here. So um, PBT, because they're so awesome, um, really whatever gifts you have to offer them, they need it. So, you know, if they use agriculture people, farmers, they use community developers, they've partnered with Living Water, they've done church planters, plumbers, mechanics, everything just to get this Bible into the, into the hands of their people. So that's kind of where we come in. We are called, our official title is called Scripture Impact Specialists. And what that means, that's a really fancy word for just Scripture Impact. So we are impacting the Bible in these people's lives. So they have Bible, now, now they need a reason. They need a reason to go to it. They need a reason to see its words mobilized in our lives. And so that is what we will do. Um, it looks like evangelizing, and really it just looks like, uh, it looks like doing life with these people. So how they eat is how we're going to eat. How they sleep, we sleep. Um, we live with them so that they can, they can see Christ. Um, the area that we're going to, um, I cannot get in details with it right now, but it's, there's a specific world religion that dominates this area. And um, so to tell these people about Jesus looks tremendously different than if I was to tell some cats about Jesus here. And that's what we're learning right now. Um, so with with us being scripture impact specialists, some of the things that we'll be doing, we'll be doing, there's this thing called the youth center. Um, the people that we're going to serve with, they're in the process right now of kind of setting up a youth center. don't let that sound too fancy, by the way. Uh, There's like two concrete slabs they want to just lay, and they want to put some basketball hoops up, and then they also want to put some buildings up where literacy will be, will be taught um, because a lot of these people are illiterate. And so the need for this is huge because the people group that we're going to, 45% of them are 14 and under. And so to get this youth center started would be would just be amazing. And we would be involved in just um um just kind of showing them who Jesus is through through doing things through this youth center. And this is really really cool because it doesn't really sound like a lot like if I just say hey youth center, right? We can go down the street and hit up a youth center. Um but this it's it would be amazing because these these children over in West Africa, they have nothing. Absolutely nothing. Like some, A lot of times, the younger women, they find themselves being mothers at a really young age because moms die all the time, so they're nine, ten years old, and now they've got to be a mother of five kids that are younger than them. Um, the average family is like uh, 12. Polygamy is really big where we're going. And um, the, the little boys, they, uh, they're doing farming work. They're doing a whole bunch of things. To, to make a profit for family. So these kids, this is a big deal because it shows them that there's interest in their lives and it, it, provides, it provides some sort of structure for them that they have no clue about. Um, and school is the last thing that they get. So it would be really, really huge if, if we get to do something like that. Um, through that process, I kind of mentioned it a little bit, there will be uh, teaching basketball um, soccer maybe i'm not a soccer guy but i'll, I'll do it um <laughs> let's see oh in literacy of course literacy so we'll both be um dibbling in 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 some some of that and um the biggest thing is just that we're we're showing them a reason to uh to come to christ um you want to talk about our other role
3: we got okay hi guys um Something else I wanted to mention was that a big part of Pioneer Bible Translators is using the Word of God to transform these people's lives. And so in America, if any of you have had Jesus Christ transform your life, you know what that looks like. Your life probably has gotten better, not in a tangible, comfortable way, but in a spiritual, purposeful way. And so um, with Pioneer Bible Translators, we as Scripture Impact Specialists going into this area we're not just going here to give them the gospel and then walk away. We're going here to improve their education, to improve their lifestyle, um, and really just to give them salvation and to let them be with Jesus forever. Because before Pioneer Bible Translators entered this area, that wasn't really an option because they never really knew about it. So another role that we might have is called trauma healing. And um, PBT has partnered with the American Bible Society, and they have started a program called Trauma Healing, which is where people who have experienced dramatic or traumatic um, things in their life, they normally don't know how to recover from that. And so in West Africa, there could be certain things like refugees who have come over from war from another country. There could be people in that area. There could also be families who have lost multiple parents, uncles, siblings, because of diseases or things going on there. Um, There could also be, just like in America, abuse, neglect, anything of that sort. And so what trauma healing is, it's identifying with these people that they've experienced something traumatic, and they have never had healing from it. And so we would have the opportunity to take God's word, maybe it's a parable, maybe it's a story, and present that to these people. And the interesting part is that some of them may not even know that they've experienced anything traumatic. Maybe it's just what life is for them. This is what God willed for them, maybe what they think. But we all know if we experience something traumatic here in America, we're probably going to seek counsel for it. We're probably going to seek out ways to feel, I mean, if you know Jesus Christ, to have healing from him. And so... These people might not even know that it's coming from God's word because the stories of Jesus can show up anywhere. But when they start experiencing the healing and then they're asking, whoa, this is amazing. What is this? That's when we can tell them this is Jesus Christ. I mean, this is the healer of all. This is the person who loves you the most. And so that's something we're pretty excited about. And PBT has seen a lot of success with that. Um, And then I'm going to go into our timeline Right now. Um, so, this has been a process for Taylor and I. And we didn't just wake up one morning and think, hey, West Africa sounds like a good idea, let's go there. Um, he had spent three months there in 2012, and it had totally shattered his heart for this mission. And then I became his wife, and so he started talking to me about it <laughs> a whole lot more, and it eventually started shattering my heart. And so, last summer, We had went to Dallas, Texas, and we had spent an entire week basically just learning about everything we just shared with you. And for us as a family, we knew that we wanted to make this decision together. I didn't want to just jump on board because Taylor wanted to do this. I wanted my heart to be on the same page as his. And so we're in Dallas, and we're getting fed all this stuff about PBT, which was pretty exciting. And I can remember us feeling like, we okay, we know we want to do this, but we have no idea what we're signing up for. And so why I'm bringing this up is because this has been such a process and a journey for us, just like every step with Jesus Christ is. And I can remember we were like in between breaks, and I was sitting there with Taylor, and I was crying, just sobbing. And the reason I was crying at that point was because I knew if we left – we'd have to sell our house. And that was the only thing I could think about because we were newly married. We'd been married for barely even six months. We'd just gotten a house. We'd had a lot of fun together and um, things of that sort. And so I was, oh, and Taylor was also coaching hockey at this point. And so what I had known in our marriage was traveling with him coaching hockey in this new house that was super fun for us. And at that point, almost a year ago, I could not get over selling our house. And I could not get over him stopping coaching hockey because of the impact I had seen. And the really interesting part about that that today is I do not think about those things anymore. And this is a process because at that point in my walk, those things were really important to me. Those are things that I held on to, and they were really dear to my heart. But the more God revealed his desires to me, the more my heart changed. And the more my heart changed to what he loves. And so thinking about these people in West Africa who do not have a chance to hear about the gospel totally allowed those things to give me peace that now we don't even really think about selling our house. And he hasn't coached hockey for a full year and we hardly ever talk about it. Because Jesus Christ has allowed our vision to be for him. And it's been really amazing to experience that. And so for about the past year... We've been doing stuff to prepare. Um, This past fall, we had set up a budget through Pioneer Bible Translators. And that budget was for the year of 2015. And that included um, online classes, which we're in right now. They're super fun. (laughs) And we had to take about six of those. And so we raised support for that. And then we also budgeted for about six months without an income if we both... Do not sign our contracts for this year because we would like to move forward with this process. Um, Which includes everything you guys know. I mean, health insurance, a baby that we don't know how much that costs, but we budgeted the best we could for, um, and just all types of living circumstances. And so our budget for 2015 was right around or above $51,000. And so um, that budget had gotten approved sometime around December, and we started raising support this January. And so we've been meeting with people from all around that um, we have been telling them basically all the stuff that we've been telling you, just how God has changed our hearts and how God has led us to this mission. And we were advised before we started to kind of look at goals, really, for support raising. And so we didn't have a ton of training, but what we had looked at specifically we were told to look at increments of money. And so we were told to look at we need 47 pledges of $100 a month for this year to be able to be fully raised. And so we started at 47 pledges, and this might look like some family who gives us $20 a month and another family who gives us 80 then that would be one $100 pledge. We started at needing 47 of those, and now we only need 18 more for this year which is remarkable, praise God. (laughs) Um, So we're kind of in that point where my husband does not want to sign a teaching contract for next year because we would like to move forward with the organization of PBT. And so we're still continuing to raise support for monthly supporters. Um, We're also taking online classes right now. And we, this summer... Well, we're going to have our sweet little boy Titus May 25th, which we're super excited about that. And then this summer, we'll spend it with family, do maybe a little bit of PVT training, and this fall we would like to be in Dallas, Texas. And Dallas, Texas is where PVT is located. And in that place, we will spend 4 months on their campus, basically being trained for the field. And so it's kind of like a Bible boot camp where if we think that we're going to take the word of God to transform these people's lives, then we probably need to know from beginning to end what's going on through the word of God. And so it's a deep study on scripture, but it's also working with um, people in the area who belong to a different religion. It's us going out and evangelizing to them. um, Because PBT believes if we're going to go across the ocean to share the gospel, we definitely need to be practicing sharing the gospel here in the states, and so we'll spend four months doing training of that sort, and then um, we'll come back home next Christmas, and we will re-raise support for 2016. And in 2016, we would like to be in France, year in France, in language school, and being immersed in the culture, really learn how to speak another language before we learn. Another language, the mother tongue. Um, And so then we'll come back from France, and we'll come back to the States, meet with supporters, probably talk to the church. And then in 2017 is when we would like to be in West Africa. And we'll start our two-year term sometime around 2017. And then how PBT works, two years on the field, maybe three to six months home for a furlough and then go back for two years, come back home. And we've had people ask us how long we want to stay overseas. We don't really have an answer for that because we believe that Jesus Christ has us doing this for our lives. And so we don't know if that's how long it will take to have churches planted and these people living off of God's word, but we know that we're willing to stay in West Africa as long as Jesus keeps us there. And so this is a long-term Peace for us. Um, I'm going to give it back to my husband, though. Let him finish up.
1: <laughs> All right. Um, so, yeah, that's the rundown of uh, what God's put on our hearts um, to go and do for his kingdom. Now, I, I kind of would like to talk about, um, like, the, the undersurface stuff. Okay, so that everything we just said here was it was informal. We we really needed to inform people and to raise awareness of what's going on in this nation or in in the nations. The fact that there's people out there too that have never heard of Jesus Christ. There's two thousand two hundred languages that never heard of it. Ever. And we can snatch up a Bible right now in one of our pews. And um, that rocks me. And so I also um this is my church family, this is the church body, and I, I, I want to get real with you all too. And so, um, I, I want it to be known how hard of a process this actually has been. Um, I think I can do it without being stupid. Um, so, what we've been learning here, the series, the video series that, that's... Uh, that's been happening. If you guys have been coming regularly, is really in a nutshell what is our salvation for? And um, man, when when I when I married when I married Blair for the first time, it really started to get heavy on me. That it's it's no longer for me to show up on church on Sundays, hear my message, grab my heaven card, and get it punched. And so now I got salvation. Um, it, it became much more than that because it's like, okay, whatever I'm following to do, whatever I'm dedicated to, she's going to be the lens, right, in which, in which we see Christ. And so I really started looking at things a bit different. And then when, when, when he's coming into the world, it's like, man, um, things are about to get heavy. And my biggest fear, and I'm not kidding, this has kept me up at night, it's my biggest fear as a Christ follower is to live a wasted life. I don't want to and we've we've had some some different responses through this deal we've had some people say that we're we're really young and we don't know what we're doing and we're kind of just riding this high and it's kind of crazy and, and that's not crazy to me um, because I think about eternal life and what dictate all of eternity is what we do right now as we live here and so for, for our family, for this little Kennedy family, um, what it means to be faithful and obedient to Jesus Christ is just to respond this way. I mean that with my whole heart. And so when I hear the gospel of Jesus, when I roll up on Wellspring on Sundays and I hear about the gift of salvation, I don't have a clue on what to do with it. I don't know how to respond to it. This is the only way we know how to respond. Is, is to just keep telling the message. And um, I really believe in all of my heart that God's number one way to reach people is through people. Um, throughout the entire Bible, man, from Genesis to Revelation, that's what he's doing. And I just, I really feel like there's a lot of urgency to go and do that. Um, I, know, I know before this commitment, everybody always debated on, on, that, on that random person in Africa who's never heard of Jesus. It's like, where's he go? You know, well, he's never heard. And I think if we take that approach, I think that keeps us in our pews and that keeps us really relaxed. And I just, I, I, I don't feel like that's what Jesus is calling his followers to do when I open up the Bible and read it. And I also started thinking, okay, so if there's a person that's never heard Jesus Christ, and if people say that that will get him into heaven. Then what could be the worst thing we do? Never hear Jesus, right? So that means like if anybody's telling me about Jesus, I need to plug the ears up and I need to be like, stop it, because they don't have to have a choice. But that's that's not the case. Those people who don't hear, they don't have the opportunity. And for us, we're going across the ocean. But man, there's people that you can go across the street. There's people that you can go down the hallway. There's people you can go next door. And um, it's, it's just so cool that the timing of this series that we've had at Wellspring and the timing that we've been able to speak, um, we just feel like this is our response to salvation. And, and this is the only way we have to be faithful. And it's been extremely hard. I don't want that to go unnoticed. There's been lots of nights, man, where it's been really hard. Um, Jesus has introduced so many awesome cats and, and, and little ladies to us that um, we've been able to kind of disciple to, and they've been able to present to us Jesus in a way that we've never seen him in um, our families and everything else that you don't even think about, you know? Um. And it's been really, really hard. And to be honest with you, if there's a day that goes by that we don't think about it, then we pull out. Um, My wife had just told me, I don't know, this was a couple weeks ago. She said it was getting really hard um, for us this particular week. And she said, hey, you know, any time we decide to say no on this deal, it will immediately get easier. Immediately. If we just say, no, we don't want to do this, then it will stop. And that is so true, dude. And so, it's been, it's been a task just to stay faithful every day. But i, I got to say this. I've never seen Christ so clear in my entire life. And I really mean that. I have never, ever encountered the gospel so clear in my entire life since we've made this decision. And so... Um, as your brother in Christ and as your guys' family member i just want to challenge you to take God up on this if you, if you are a believer if you have your salvation in Christ then let's let's exercise it man you know let's let's go share this thing we got a lot of teachers in here share it in the classrooms okay be be creative in how you do it do it under the radar okay we got a lot of younger kids high school kids Go do the darn thing, man. In sports, in the hallways, okay, just just to share Jesus Christ, and um, I I do believe that is what we are called to do. You know, what is God's will for me? Is it this college? Is it this job? Is it missions? No, God's will is for us to glorify Him. Period. He'll take care of the rest, and so um, that is just a little thing that I wanted to to share with you guys. um, an, An informal thing. And so, we would love all of the prayer support, um, all the intercession that you could rock out for us um, through this process and we have a, a little booth stand whatever you want to call it set up back there um, to where if you guys if you guys want to know anything extra, if you want to know how to give we will we will let you know all of that um, and if you have any questions about anything else we will uh, we will f- we will fill you in. So, thanks for letting us have your Sunday morning.
0: Hey, okay. hey at this time, we're going to invite um, any friends or family of these guys to come on up. And we're going to um, pray for Taylor and Blair. We're going to lay hands on them and pray for them. So, if you're friends or family, or come on up. <clears throat>